0: Teresa, are you ready for another episode?
1: Yes, but be sure to unwrap any candy or cough drops before we start.
0: Bravo! It's Schmanners! Hello, Internet. I am your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's Extraordinary Etiquette. For Ordinary Occasions. Now, this week's episode, I'm so excited about. Teresa and I, we are theater kids from way, way back. Totally. Um, And I'm also really looking forward to this episode. It's all about theater etiquette, movie and live theater. And I'm so excited because I have both worked a lot in theater and one summer in movie theaters. So I feel like maybe (laughs) this one, I might actually know a little bit.
1: Well, but you see, from all the questions received on our Facebook group and Twitter and emails and all that stuff, there really does seem to be a little bit of, um, of an us versus them mentality. The people who behave well at theater versus all those people who don't behave well.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of that. And I'm sure we're going to get into all of it.
1: Let's start off with a little bit of historical tidbits. Tidbits! Tidbits, okay.
0: Give me some Tidbits.
1: So, um, first of all, I would like to draw your attention to the fact that clapping or applauding seems to be kind of ingrained in us as humans. Babies, they clap for basically anything, and it seems to be almost spontaneous. I don't know anyone who has had to really teach their baby to clap. They kind of just do it, don't they? Mm Mm-hmm um so that's cool right
0: (laughs) yeah clapping awesome (laughs) great stuff great
1: um and this dates back not babies clapping but clapping for appreciation um goes all the way back to ancient romans where they show their appreciation with snaps
0: oh like beat poetry
1: or tapping fingers to palm like a golf clap
0: you, I don't think you have to act it out for the microphone. <laughs> I think people could figure it out.
1: Or waving the ends of their togas in the air. All of these things. Waving
0: their togas
1: in the air? No, the, the ends are like the little, little... Oh, so not mix. just like
0: raising them up in the air like a can-can girl. No, room, no, like, no. no. There's, back and forth. There's lots Look at of, my Roman junk.
1: <laughs> there's lots of fabric to a toga, one of which is like kind of... One side is kind of like wound around your arm. It's got like this long piece and they kind of wave that around. Um... And then it has become common practice in the Chinese culture that Chinese businessmen are fond of applauding to start a meeting. Kind of like, we're here and we're excited to start. Clap, 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 clap.
0: That's fun. I like that. That's like when I worked at Best Buy and every, there was like always a pump up thing at the beginning of every meeting that started at like six o'clock in the morning. And it, it does help. So history of applause, origin of applause. Right and then we just jump forward 2000 years to now
1: um it's pretty much been the same ever since what you ca-
0: okay i was joking because there's like all the shakespearean stuff with the groundlings and the people in the front and like you used to stand and watch theater and like the queen would be there and all the people would be there and everybody would be there watching theater and like everybody was all jammed in together and like That whole thing, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, basic rules apply. Watch the show. Don't upset your neighbor. Like, that's the kind of the thing that has always been there. Even the groundlings at the, you know, down there right by the stage did the best they could to enjoy the show and make sure it was enjoyable for everyone else.
0: And if you've ever seen Shakespeare, which if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Big fan. If you're in Cincinnati, go to the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company. But a lot of the show is actually written to be directed to people in the groundlings, people in the audience, a lot of direct address, which you only see now used as, like, a specific, like, tool and, like, joke and, like, direct address. But it used to be, like, the Porter speech from McBee that's pretty damn famous, you know, like, that was joking with the audience while people like made quick changes and set up you know set pieces and everything there was somebody like at the front of the stage talking to people in the audience
1: right that's kind of it's almost like a, a narrator tool to tell the story and that was really the focus of a lot of those direct address um soliloquies
0: excellent well said
1: thank you any questions about arriving to the theater?
0: Oh, we have so many. Let's start with this one. Um, this one comes from Brian. How early should you arrive before a performance or a movie?
1: Um, you really should be in your seat five minutes before the movie or performance starts. Um, that way you don't disturb other people uh, and you're there for the whole thing.
0: And let me give a little... Um... Little insight here as someone who has been in a lot of theater, if your friend gets you free tickets to a show, you should be there fifteen minutes before the show starts. Because everyone in the box office knows that you're getting comp tickets. So if you show up ten minutes late after the show is started, it reflects poorly on the person in the show and you had free tickets and you weren't on time. That is frustrating. Be there on time if you have free tickets. I would also say Be there on time, period. Yeah, regardless. And especially like if you're going to eat beforehand leave with enough time like don't don't push it um as far as the movie theater goes do you what would you advise as far as like showing up before previews during previews like
1: well it really is personal preference because even in movie theaters they don't generally dim the lights completely until the feature film is is about to start Mm -hmm. um so you can still be seated comfortably within the previews or right after the previews. Um, but I like to see the previews. I think it's fun. I think it's part of the whole movie theater experience to see a little teaser and then nudge you and say, I definitely don't want to see that movie.
0: <laughs> Man, that's okay. You transitioned into a question we got a lot of. Is it okay to talk during the previews?
1: Yes, I believe that it is okay, not full voice, of course, but a quick whisper really shouldn't bother anybody.
0: Um, especially in this day and age where you can see all of those previews online in after like two seconds of Googling like it's not I would understand if this was like back in the day before the internet where your only chance to see the previews was in the theater Sure, but now they're intercut with like Pepsi commercials it's okay to talk during the previews
1: right and same thing with having your phone out or things like that until the lights dim completely for the feature film Fine, you can have your phone out a little while longer. I don't know what what is so important about that Facebook post you gotta see, but sure, right that, until the film starts. And
0: let me say this, turn your phone off. It's, it's wonderfully, a, a spe- okay, and it's gonna be tempting in a movie theater, and we'll talk so much more about it in theater theater, but in a movie theater, do it a couple times and you'll start to realize that not only do you get to enjoy the movie, but there's this weird... Like release, relaxing feeling of like, no one can get a hold of me for two hours. I'm just in this moment.
1: Unless you're a doctor on call, you really don't need to have that cell phone number. You really don't need to have that cell phone on all the time. And pagers, what? Who still has a pager?
0: I I remember there's a book called How to Be a Gentleman that I read when I was 12. Um, that I still to this day love very much, and what, it talks about pagers, and basically it says the only reason you should have a pager is if you are a doctor on call, and if that is the case, give it to an usher, tell them where you will be sitting, and then if it goes off, have them bring it to you.
1: I I think that while that is a an idea, I don't agree with that, because... Um, I know that I would have a difficult time enjoying myself if I knew that one of my electronics was not on my person. You know, like you leave your phone at home mm-hmm. when you go to work. Um, I wouldn't be able to enjoy the movie that way. But if you can enjoy it, sure, that's an option. But you're you're jumping all over the place, Travis McElroy. I had I had a.
0: You're the one who brought up talking during previews. Okay, we'll get we'll get to talking <laughs> about not. cell phones. We'll get to talking about cell phones. What's next, Teresa?
1: Okay. Let me talk a little bit about sitting down. Emily. <laughs> how do I do it? <laughs> there were actually some questions about how do you do it? Like, how do you get to your seat if you have to climb over people? Uh-huh. Emily Post recommends walking over people facing towards the screen or the stage because she says that if you were to trip, it would be a lot easier to steady yourself on the back of a seat than to fall into somebody's lap. And I tend to agree.
0: And I would say that if you're the one sitting, uh, shifting your knees or doing anything, sitting up at the very least and pulling your legs in, you know, not up to your chest, but you know what I mean? Not sprawling out in your seat if someone's trying to get through. Just make it easier for everybody.
1: Right. Yeah. And um, a good way to do it is to lean your knees in the direction that that person is traveling so that it's kind of like moving across the waves in the same direction.
0: Um, Let me ask you this. So, Marie asked this on Facebook. What about saving seats in a movie theater? I've done this for people a few times, and I feel fine if it's early, a short time, or not a busy theater. But once some friends were way late to a reasonably crowded movie, and I had to save seats like five minutes into the movie itself, is there a cutoff?
1: Yes. Once the performance or the movie starts, those seats are no longer really should be saved
0: you know um, and a lot more theaters these days movie theaters are doing reserved seating
1: exactly so that really helps with that so if you buy your ticket online and you have a seat you don't have to worry about it but saving seats with coats or or just you know this seat's taken you really should give that up once the performance starts. They need to be able to find a seat closer to the back or on the aisle, and then you're not doing anybody any favors by that.
0: I would I would also um, take that one step further and say that as soon as it starts to get crowded and your friend's still not there then they, then you lose the ability to save the seat. Because I've been to like, so like Upright Citizens Brigade is a great example. It's like a 99 seat theater here in Los Angeles and it always sells out and it always fills up and it's first come first serve. People stand outside and wait to get in and then people try to save seats for people that get there like two minutes before the show starts. And I find that infuriating. I stood outside and waited to get in And you're like saving eight seats for your friends. Right. I I have issues with this. I think it's one thing in a movie theater where it's like 400 seats and there's like eight people in the theater. Like, okay, go to town. But once it starts to fill up, if somebody asks, I feel like you have to give it to them.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Use your best judgment. Read the room. We've talked about this.
0: Exactly. And let me say this, as far as sitting goes, we had this question too. Putting your feet up on a seat in front of you? No. No. I worked at a movie theater. <laughs> like, would this, you do that in your home? You is, monster.
1: This is where this sort of thing gets a little heated, like I was talking about.
0: You monster. Um, People take their shoes off, put their dirty, smelly, stupid feet up on the seat. I'm are, sorry, you were saying? Are you done? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes.
1: I have, on occasion... Sat in that very special row in the movie theater that has no seats in front of them, but has a um, a bar or a railing. I have put my feet on the lowest railing of that of that space. I think that that's acceptable.
0: I think so too. And let me tell you this: I, I think that if you have a railing in front of seats, everybody knows. Feet are gonna go there, but more, not the,
1: not the highest railing, not, the not highest like railing. the hand railing, the
0: lowest one. But more and more these days, the seats have like the ability to kind of lean back a little bit in them, or even fully reclining, as some of my favorite movie theaters have. If you put your seats, your feet up on those seats, you're very likely over time to wear them out and break them, and that's just less seats for people to sit in, like
1: or touch somebody's head with your feet.
0: Yes, you can go two hours without kicking your shoes off and putting your feet up. If you want to do that. Watch a movie at home. Yes. <sighs> yes. Okay. I will relax. I will, I will drop it. It was a real issue for me.
1: Last thing about sitting I want to talk about is if it is one of those reserved seat theaters um, and you find someone is in your seat, I believe it's acceptable to say one time to them with your tickets out, excuse me, I believe you're in my seat.
0: And the proper response to that is, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then you move.
1: Right. Um, I would never recommend making a scene about it. That's never fun, especially if you have made a mistake. Ooh. And in
0: this day and age, there are people who scam tickets and sell fake tickets. It does happen, unfortunately. If so, find an usher. Exactly. And, and that's their job. Their job is to sort through that kind of thing for you.
1: And this goes back to being... Uh, available to sit down five minutes before so you can work this kind of stuff out.
0: And be ready, if you are late, to be seated wherever they can fit you. That was a problem we always ran into the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company, a relatively full house, and people would show up, and they were like supposed to be dead center in the middle of the house, and they were 10 minutes late. We're not going to interrupt everyone else's performance. We're going to sit you in the seat in the back of the theater because it's open and it's right there. And I think if you're late, you have to be ready for that.
1: And then after intermission, you can resume your normal se- seat.
0: Correct. Let me ask you this. This one's from Morgan. When are you, when you are at an empty movie theater and someone comes in and sits right next to you, is it appropriate to get up and change seats?
1: If you feel they are too close to you, yes. Why not change seats? Um, they don't have to sit right next to you and you don't have to sit in that chair any longer than you want to.
0: I feel like this is a great example of that kind of perceived, like, oh, they're going to think that I'm rude because I got up and moved. They came and sat right next to you. Like, you can do whatever you want. And in the long run, if it's like, I would say this, if it was someone who came in and you knew them and they're like, oh, my God, Susan, and sat down to talk to you and you got up and moved, yes, that is rude. But if it's (laughs) just like rando dude comes and sit next to you, what are you, are you worried about hurting his feelings? Like... He doesn't know who you are. You don't know who he is. Why did he sit so close to you? He hurt your feelings. Like, as, your your enjoyment is just as important as this other person's.
1: And as long as you don't ruin their experience, why not? Just move. Makes you uncomfortable. Why not?
0: Let me ask you this. This is not necessarily about getting there so much as I guess it would be, like, pre-show. Um, Ann asked, if I'm seeing a friend in a show, should I bring flowers? Is there a good alternative gift to bring them?
1: If you would like to bring flowers, please bring flowers. Show some appreciation. As far as like alternative gifts, cards. um,
0: Cookie bouquet.
1: If you are going to bring sweets, I would recommend that it either be a single sweet, like a single cupcake, or that it be large enough for, say, 10 to 12 people. So like a dozen cookies would be all right. Um, But... Especially with shared dressing rooms, something that I've encountered being a performer is if someone brings me like three cupcakes, I'm not going to be able to enjoy those cupcakes until I get home later because I feel bad about not sharing my bounty with the rest of the ladies in the dressing room. So if you're going to bring sweets, just one or a bunch.
0: Do you want to know my very practical, awkward person uh, secret? sure so Teresa knows this about me um that i am a person who will often go out of his way like to make a gesture i like that and so like i'll always have this idea of like bringing flowers or sending you know uh, comedy tragedy mass-shaped cookies and uh, uh, uh. so what i do is whenever i have that impulse or want to do that i stop and I picture the actual event of handing the thing to the person or it being delivered to them and I play it out in my head and I'm like, wait, would this be weird? Well like like do I know this person well enough that I'm gonna hand this thing to them and they'll be happy about it? Or will they wonder why I went to the trouble of getting this thing for them? And I actually play out the scenario in my head, and if in the scenario in my head it is awkward, I do not do it. You know what I mean? Like I would bring flowers for you. Okay. But I would not bring flowers for someone who I just became friends with two days before and they invited me to a show. You know what I mean?
1: I think that this might be a a generational thing. Maybe it's just no longer in vogue. Um, But back in the day, people really used to bring a lot of favors for their favorite actor or actress on stage. Um, But nowadays, it's a little more personal, I'd say.
0: If you have a community theater and you're looking for a fun thing to do, what we did at my community theater growing up is we had a thing called Stargrams where basically you paid a dollar and you got this little piece of paper that you could write a message on that was like, hey, Travis, I think you're doing great. And at intermission, you'd hand that to them and then they'd like roll it up and seal it with a ribbon and then they'd bring it back to you backstage and like hand them all out at intermission. So it was a great way to like send back to a nephew or a niece or a cousin or a friend or somebody, and just be like, "I'm here, and you're doing a great job," and it helped raise money for the theater. It was just that's just a cute story. I'm that has nothing to do with manners. I'm just saying, right? Okay, that's a thing you could do. All right, all right. So we've arrived. Okay, we've sat down. Mm -hmm. We're in our proper seats. Yes, we do not have our feet up on the seat in front of us, especially not at a live theater. (gasps) Oh, God forbid! Of course. Now the show has begun. What do we do?
1: Shut up. No talking.
0: Okay. But what if, what if, no, but what if, what if it's super important and I just thought of something really funny during the movie? Save it. Okay. But what if I know a secret, spoiler, or I have a theory about what's going to happen in the movie? No. So, like, just shut up? Shut up. Well, what if I need to use my cellular device? You don't. (gasps) But Teresa. Nope farmville turn it off okay
1: there were so many questions so many so many comments about how to shush people can i do this should i even turn off my phone yes you should turn off your electronic devices you should not speak you should not sing along um all of those things you should be quiet The experience that you are paying for, whether it is in a live theater or at a movie theater, is to enjoy the story up there in front of you. It doesn't really have as much to do with you and the person next to you, unless they ask for audience participation at a live event, or perhaps it is a children's theatrical experience, it's not about you.
0: If you go to a kids movie or to a kids play and the kids sing along, that's totally fine. This is my theory. Okay, so you commented on the top of the at the top of the show that a lot of the questions that we got was was this like us versus them mentality, right? Correct. Yeah. And I think I figured out why after doing theater for twenty five years and working in a movie theater. I think what it has to do is. People under So when you go to see a play, let's do a play, because especially if you're going to a Broadway show, tickets can be in the hundreds of dollars range, right? Right. So you go to see a show, and everyone's sitting there thinking, this is my time to enjoy this. And so when other people behave badly, they feel like it's ruining their enjoyment of that event. Exactly. Because they're worried about their own enjoyment of the event. And not worried about the other people. So I feel like it's this cyclical nature of you're ruining my ability to enjoy this. It's like, okay, but are you ruining someone else's ability to enjoy it? But you're not thinking about it because you're... Theater is a very communal experience. Theater is, you're all there. You're all, as someone who stood on stage in a comedy and a drama and a musical, all of that, you can feel the energy when everyone's on the same page, right? Mm-hmm. You can hear the laughs ripple through the theater. You can hear the gas. So if everybody's not on the same page and everybody's just worried about their own enjoyment, everybody's a little bit rude to each other. That's my theory.
1: That is a good theory. I do believe that we should expand our, um, our empathetic natures to other people. Um,
0: That's it. What is the proper way to shush someone?
1: <laughs> I would say one or two shushes. And after that, you may speak to say something in the effect of, excuse me, but I can't hear the music or the dialogue that really would help to kind of jog them out of their own brain Mm -hmm. and think about, oh, this other person is having a hard time hearing. So I'm going to be quiet. After that, you should go get back up. Get that usher.
0: Get the usher. Especially if the person's, like, drunk or being rowdy or, like, you can't stand them. Oh, no. Because you don't want it to escalate and you don't want it to, like, totally disrupt the performance. So if it starts to feel a little heated... Remove yourself from the situation and go get an usher.
1: Right. And none of this applies to someone who is differently abled. Correct. Um, People with uh, different syndromes or maybe they're on the autism spectrum, they should be allowed to enjoy a show the way that they need to enjoy it. And hopefully, if you were to get an usher, they would be able to explain to you we have spoken with this person with their aid and here's the situation. We hope that you
0: understand contextualize it. Be cool.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Okay. Well, let me ask you this. This one comes from uh, Eliza on Twitter. I really want to know what to do when someone has fallen asleep and is snoring during the feature.
1: When someone is sleeping and it is audible I think that it rely, they rely on their seatmate, the person next to them, to kind of nudge them a bit and make sure that they're not being noisy. But this seems like a good opportunity to talk about our very dear friend, Lynn manuel Miranda, who we spoke to before recording this episode. And he said that he used to get mad about people sleeping while he was performing or while he was seeing a performance. And he was reminded by a fellow actor to be like, listen, this person paid their money for that seat and you don't know them. You don't know their life. Maybe this is the only chance that they get to really relax and they must have needed it. Just do your thing. You're there, they're there. And as long as they aren't disturbing the other members of the audience, let them sleep.
0: If you are this person and you have fallen asleep um, and you just cannot seem to stay awake and people have to keep poking you, go out into the lobby and fall asleep. Like, I, especially don't come back after intermission. Oh, you don't know what's going on anyways. Why did you come <laughs> back? True,
1: true. But they did pay for it. I, I don't know. It's a very touchy topic. And my feeling is, as long as they aren't making noise, let them sleep.
0: Okay, I have more questions about disturbing the people around you. But first, I want to go to a word from another Max Fun Show. brent travis welcome to trends like these what's trends like these you ask well it's a podcast where we take the the news trending on the internet and we cover it in podcast form we go beyond the headlines, beyond the memes, to bring you the real story so that when your friends bring it up, you can look real smart. We take things that need to be debunked and we debunk them, and then we take things that need to be rebunked and we rebunk them. We bring you all the details and we give you a spin on it our opinions, our thoughts, and we also try to dig up some positive things to talk about so it's not all bummers. Just a couple of real life friends talking internet trends. So join us every Thursday on MaximumFun.org and wherever podcasts are found. Okay, so we talked about cell phones. Turn them off. Right. We talked about singing along. Don't do it. Nope. We talked about talking during the show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't do it. Let me ask you this. How about Crying.
1: Crying is a legitimate human reaction to the things that you're seeing. Um, It should not be loud if you can very quietly experience and cry do it but if you cannot control yourself and it is loud you should excuse yourself for a few minutes while you get yourself back together
0: mm-hmm. and it happens man we saw Hamilton it's just like oh god
1: tears tears running down my face like
0: messed up oh my god I'm drunk tears even though we weren't you know that crying we're like I can't control myself the
1: ugly cry, ugly they call cry.
0: It. but luckily everyone was doing it right. so it was and, pretty okay and
1: we were all pretty silently sobbing mm-hmm. so as long as you can keep it quiet um you could you can cry you can laugh and and laughing really shouldn't be quiet because it's a very outward expression um and as long as you are laughing along with the rest of the audience go ahead and laugh full volume don't stifle yourself
0: I've been in many comedies and I've never once thought I wish that person wasn't laughing so hard
1: Right you probably shouldn't laugh all by yourself
0: Yeah I mean don't overdo it that's right. the other yeah, thing. Yeah. are you showing off are you laughing Legitimately. Right. Or are you trying to prove how funny you think the show is? Right. Nobody needs to do that. Just enjoy it. Yeah. What about coughing?
1: Coughing, um, again, if you have one or two coughs or sneezes and you can stifle it and continue to enjoy the show, stay. But if you're having like a coughing fit or a sneezing fit, that's very distracting to everyone else, so excuse yourself.
0: Somebody suggested bringing a small bottle of chloroceptic with you, and I think that's a great idea, because then you don't get the crinkly paper. Hmm. Yeah, right? Like, I liked that idea. I think that's solid. Um, I haven't encountered that,
1: but I don't imagine that it would be very intrusive. Yeah.
0: And and oh, I also remember one time I was seeing an opera, and I tried so hard to hold in a cough that I ended up launching myself into a coughing like I basically choked myself on a cough, and it was like oh, I wish I just coughed yeah. and like gotten one big cough out of the way instead of just a chain of little ones as I fled the theater.
1: Uh, for live theater, I'd say if you can wait till a blackout try to but if you can't i mean just one or two coughs no one's gonna that's an involuntary action most of the time no one's gonna get upset about that
0: um well this one's from rachel as long as we're talking about things not to do um how much should tall people slouch to be considerate of folks sitting behind them or for the big headed among us as i am and many people are
1: Theaters are traditionally constructed so that the seats are not one right behind another. They're slightly off from each other. So you really shouldn't slouch at all. You should sit up back in your chair um, and not lean over or lean on your armrest or anything like that um, because you sitting straight makes it so the person behind you can see. And if you find that you are sitting directly behind someone who is obstructing your view, um, Maybe ask your seatmates to switch with you. Or if that doesn't work, go get an usher. See if they can seat you someplace else.
0: ushers they're very powerful. They're your friends in theater. Treat them well, and they will treat you well. Be nice to the people at the box office, too. They do a lot of hard work, and people yell at them a lot.
1: You guys, just be nice to
0: everybody. Just be nice to everybody, <laughs> and don't get super drunk. Just like in general, oh. don't get super drunk.
1: This leads into intermissions, where often there are libations at, at theaters, um, but intermissions are usually 10 to 20 minutes, not very long. So if you do get uh, the opportunity to have a drink, um, and they don't let you take it back into the theater try to just sip on it. Um, if you you get multiple drinks in that 10, 20 minutes, you are going to be sloshed and yeah. belligerent. That is not fun for anybody.
0: And try to contextualize it. If you're like at a live show of Rocky Horror Picture Show, go to town, <laughs> whatever. That's totally cool. But like if you're seeing Les Mis or like Phantom of the Opera... Don't get super sloshed. It's not a good look.
1: Probably not. And you paid a lot of money for those tickets. If you're drunk, you won't remember that.
0: I want to talk to you about something that we have had conversations about before. Standing ovations.
1: Right. They have co- become quite common in theater these days, especially live theater. Um, while I definitely think... If you enjoy a show, you should be emphatic about it. I'm not sure that every performance deserves
0: a standing ovation. If you do it for everyone, it means nothing. And we had a couple questions where it was like, if everybody else is standing, is it rude not to do a standing ovation? And I think the fact of the matter is, if you're only doing it because everyone else is doing it, I'd rather you just not do it.
1: Right. So if you feel it, stand up. And if you don't, just stay in your seat and clap like normal.
0: It's a, it's. I think it's really changed over our generation. Because yeah. I remember like being a kid and like even as a kid, as a kid, a kid musical theater. Can you imagine just not getting a knee jerk standing ovation? So when we did, it was like legit. It was like <gasps> they stood, and it was right. a thing.
1: Right. It just doesn't feel as special when it happens all the time, though.
0: True. Especially when you know you didn't deserve it.
1: Yeah. And clapping at movie theaters, I think, is fine. If you really enjoy the show, go ahead. Clap and cheer. But wait until the movie is over.
0: And what about sitting around? Well, that's after. But as far as we're talking about clapping in a movie theater, watching the credits, sticking around for the credits?
1: Well, generally at theaters, when the lights come up, it's okay for you to leave. So if you want to stick around for the credits, I would say if you're on the aisle stand up, and move out of the way so people can leave out of that row, and then you can go back and sit down.
0: Let me ask you this. So this is more movie-related, but as musicals are starting to swing back to being popular again, it also works with musicals. And Kirsty wanted to know, can you go over spoilers?
1: Emily Post has a really nice rule. She calls it the three-block rule. You are not allowed to talk about anything good, anything bad, leaving the theater until you're three blocks away. That way you don't spoil it for anybody else.
0: And I would also um, say outside of the movie theater, outside of the theater theater, um, not just a proximity thing. If you are about to launch into a conversation about, say a popular movie to a person that you don't know if they've seen it or not, you should ask. Right. Like it's the sentence to say, like, have you seen Deadpool yet? Do you want me to spoil it for you? I'd love to talk. Okay, well, I'll wait. Because once again, it's taking your enjoyment over theirs, and that's mm-hmm. not good.
1: Right. Right, 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 right,
0: right. Right. Oh, actually, your, the three-block thing reminds me of an old Macroy family rule that I think everyone should put in place, especially for, for live theater, mm-hmm. which is you never know whose grandmother is sitting behind you. You never know whose nephew is in line for concessions so if you have something bad to say it's for the car ride home or it's for drinks at the bar afterwards you don't want to stand in the lobby and go on and on about how much you hated somebody's performance or hated the show because listen it's it's your opinion and that's great but like you never know who's there or what what is going on that night or what horrible thing might have happened in someone's life save it for the car ride home
1: Right, even critical observations such as, oh, I didn't really like the set very much, or I don't think that this time period works for this piece. Any of those things, while valid opinions of the performance you just saw, should be saved for, if you're going to write a review, go ahead and write one later, but that should be saved for at home in the car
0: away from the show. Speaking of not enjoying the show, this question comes from Kim on Facebook. What circumstances would it be okay to ask for a refund? Is there ever a scenario where that's acceptable?
1: Um, Asking for a refund, I think is acceptable if you felt compelled to leave halfway
0: through. Okay.
1: Because I feel as if, if you have seen the entire performance or film, You still got your money's worth because you did view it, but if you are required to leave during intermission or you find it is inappropriate for your sensibilities during intermission, then I think you can ask for a refund.
0: Also, as far as the movie thing goes, I think the only time I've ever asked for a refund is because there were technical difficulties um, where it stopped halfway through, where there are problems with the sound or the focus or something, and I was like, I can't deal with this anymore i i remember working at the movie theater though and i had parents come out for example i don't know if you remember this one but this one has always stuck in my mind a movie called spirit stallion of the cimarron no
1: no it was, I, I didn't catch that
0: flick it was an animated film i don't think it was a huge box office success but it wasn't a flop it was just an animated film and in the film the main horse spirit mm-hmm I believe, if I remember correctly, his mother dies, Bambi-esque. And the mother came out and yelled at me. I was working the concession stand and yelled at me that we would subject children to a movie in which the horse mom died. And let me be clear here, folks. This was a free summer showing at, like, 10 a.m. of this movie. But my problem here is, like, if you are taking kids to a movie... You should do a little research before you show up, especially if you know you're sensitive about that kind of thing.
1: And to take that kind of thing out on a person working at the venue is completely inappropriate. They had nothing to do with... I didn't make Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Exactly.
0: This one's from Katie, and this one is also very near and dear to my heart from working in the movie theater. Should you take your rubbish with you? Yes. Yes.
1: You made the mess. You should clean it up a little bit. Uh, okay. All right. If there's a spill, um, no, you don't have to pick up every piece of popcorn, but you should tell the usher, I'm so sorry I spilled my popcorn aisle three. Just- and then they can take care of it because the person who sits it fi- sits there after you does not want to sit in your filth.
0: It's true. Also, if you're going to a live theater show, you should be picking up your garbage anyways to make sure you didn't leave anything. The lost and found of the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company would oftentimes become ridiculous at like the gloves and umbrellas and necklaces and books and cell phones that people would leave. And it's like, okay, take two seconds, look around your seat, pick stuff up. Sounds good to me.
1: Another thing that Lynn brought up to us before he when he spoke to us before is something that has been happening more and more lately to him is people... ...taking pictures and videos of the cast during bows. I understand that this is a very high-profile show that he has, this Hamilton thing. Um, And I also understand that people feel very deeply connected to it. So they want to really enjoy their experience to the fullest... But he said that it actually makes him very sad. He wants to connect with the audience during bows. It's really their only time they're actually allowed to look into the eyes of the people who are enjoying theater. And when all you see are phones up in the air, it's really disheartening.
0: And and especially like if the lights are up and like it's supposed to be this very... Let me tell this story. I've been telling a lot of theater stories, but this is a very positive one that I'll tell. My brothers and my dad and I went and saw um, Glengarry Glenn Ross on Broadway. It was an all-star cast, but Roman was played by Liev Schreiber. And we were sitting in the front row during a matinee, and, you know, we stood up. It was an amazing show. And we're clapping. Leave Shriver comes out and he bows. And my dad says, thank you. And Leif Shriver points at him and goes, no, thank you. And we lost our damn minds. And to this day, it still like touches me as a very real connection moment in my life.
1: Exactly. And that's what the actors are looking for during bows. They want to see you. They w- they appreciate you coming as much as you appreciate going. So being met with a with a audience full of glowing faces with phones in front of them really just isn't isn't fun it isn't fun for anyone so if you do need a picture wait at the stage door
0: so let me okay Two things I want to talk about that you've reminded me of. One, so I'm guessing I could probably intuit your answer to this. But so leaving during the curtain call, during the bows, what's your opinion on this?
1: Um, At live theater, you should wait to leave until everyone has left the stage. Even if you loved the show, even if it's your favorite show, if you leave while the actors can see you leaving doesn't make them feel good it makes them feel like you didn't enjoy the show so that that's the um we talked about intention versus perception even though you intend to enjoy the show and you did enjoy it they perceive that you did not so you should really stay until all the actors have left the stage
0: And if your fear is like, oh, the traffic and you're used to like sporting events, one, you're on Broadway. You probably didn't drive there. And if it's, if it's not New York or LA, you probably don't need to worry about the traffic. You're going to be fine. But it's your chance to say to the people like, Hey, you did a great job. And like, that's why, let me tell you a little insight. It's why people do theater. It ain't for the money, folks. So then stage door etiquette. Okay, yeah. Like, in general, one, is it weird to wait by the stage door? Two, how much are you, sh- are, should you be able to ask for at the stage door? Three, how do you know when the interaction's done?
1: Okay, so, no, it is not weird to wait at the stage door. Uh, if a an actor does not wish to participate in the stage door greetings, there are other ways out of the theater. They can leave a different way or they can exit quickly and say, sorry, guys, got to go. That's when you should leave them. If they are, if they need to go, they need to go. They got places to go and people to see or maybe they want to go home and go to bed. Mm -hmm.
0: It's Um, very exhausting. (laughs) It's
1: very exhausting. Then respect that wish Um, Two, what can you ask for? If you want an autograph, you should have it ready. You should have your autograph book or your program or whatever, and a pen or pencil or sharpie. Be prepared if that's what you want. Don't you can't have one if you don't have those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want a if you want a picture, either be content with doing the selfie or have someone ready to take the picture. We can't all get pictures, um, and that goes into three. Keep it brief. One interaction is usually enough. Get an autograph or get a picture. Shake his hand or say thank you. All that kind of stuff. It really should be one interaction.
0: That is excellent. Thank you. Oh, before I forget, and I feel like this is kind of all-encompassing, theater dress. How do you dress for a theater because I remember working um the working, you know, house management at the University of Oklahoma, a college theater, and when we do, you know, our big music people showing up in like tuxes and capes and top hats and canes and stuff and being like, I don't think that's necessary. But then I also remember going to Broadway shows with my parents and trying to wear jeans and then be like, No, at least khakis, you have to at least try and now I just don't know anymore. What's appropriate to wear to a theater?
1: Um I asked that question of Lynn, and he said that it really seems to be more of a generational gap. So like when your parents said, no, you can't wear jeans to the theater. Most uh, theater goers of a certain age do dress fairly well to see a show. Whereas under a certain age, it's a lot more casual. I would say you can always overdress. Looking better is better than not looking good. So don't wear pajamas.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think in general that's a pretty set. Don't wear sweatpants. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't need to draw a strong line here. Like wear jeans and a t-shirt. I don't care.
1: Right. Well, um, if you if you wouldn't wear it to an outing with your friends at a other public place such as a bar or a restaurant, you shouldn't wear it to the theater.
0: But I feel a lot of that dressing. And like the the suits and fancy dresses and everything it was back when theater was a lot more about being seen rather than seeing the show. You know, it was a lot more of a societal, like, we're going out to, to an evening at the theater, my dear. And now it's like you go because you want to see the show.
1: Well, sure. But, I mean, you're not in your living room. There's a difference between being at home and seeing a show on the on your TV screen and actually going to see live theater. Now, I think that in this instance, movie theaters are a little different. I would not encourage wearing a fancy dress or uh, a tuxedo to anything other than a film premiere, mm-hmm. um, but... That said, again, you wouldn't leave your house and go anywhere else in your pajama bottoms and flip-flops. So, you know, dress nice enough to be out in the world and you'll be fine.
0: Okay, great. Well, we're going to wrap up. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to – I can't hold it in enough, folks. I just want to say thank you. We broke a thousand followers on Twitter. I'm so excited about it.
1: Hooray! Thank you
0: so much for following us at Cast. It made me so, so happy. I also want to say I'm very excited. We just added to the network the show that Brent and I do. Brent, who wrote the amazing Schmanners music and is working on, may already by this point have a Schmanners ringtone up on the iTunes store. I'll find out and tweet about it when the show is up. But he and I have a show called Trends Like These, which we just moved to MaximumFun.org. Um, just put up our first MaximumFun.org official episode yesterday. I'm so excited about it.
1: And our Facebook group has surpassed 350 members,
0: <gasps> still
1: growing. We want to see those numbers go up, so please send us a, uh, a member
0: request, and we'd be glad to allow you into that group. Also, we haven't mentioned it, but I want to say that coming up is the Max Fund Drive, And basically how it works is, if you first of all, if you don't listen to any other MaximumFun.org shows, you are a crazy person and you should go do that. Go check them all out. They are all incredible. But the way MaximumFun.org works is it's a donor supported network, which means that we don't focus on advertisers and sponsors. We have them from time to time, but most of our support comes from listeners like you. So every year we have a fund drive where we ask people to commit to monthly donations, and they start as is five dollars and basically you get to pick which shows you should support and which shows you listen to and through your support we've been able to grow the network and continue to grow the network so coming up in the end of march you'll start hearing us First of all, leading up to it, and then we'll have two weeks of fun drive where we'll have special bonus content for donors. We'll have rewards if you become a donor, if you upgrade your donation. But mostly we'll be putting out like our best content of the year. It's going to be incredible. It's a great time to listen to all the other Maximum Fun shows. But yeah, so look forward to that. That's going to be coming up pretty soon.
1: I would like to give a thank you note to Split Cider, which mentioned us in one of their uh, their articles. Thank you so much! That was fantastic to read, and I'm so glad that you enjoy it.
0: Our next two episodes are actually going to be a two parter. Uh, all about travel part one is going to be all about planes and boats so if you have any questions about that you can email us or tweet at us or whatever you want to do post on the facebook group and then the second part is going to be all about cars and trains Uh, i we also want to say thank you to like i said brent who did the amazing schraner's music and k and kayla wassell who did the logo design for us and thank you to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. Thank you for going on iTunes and rating and reviewing. It really means a lot to us. We've had a lot of really sterling reviews. And we really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Uh, thanks to Lin-Manuel, who took some time out of his day to, uh, to discuss theater etiquette with
0: us. Go on Twitter. Tell Lin-Manuel Miranda, great job. Thank you for having us out. And congratulations on your Grammy win.
1: I'm always sending one up to my girl. Thank you, Emily Post.
0: Join us again next week.
1: No RSVP required.
0: Thanks for listening to Schmanners.
1: Manners, Schmanners, get it?